friend, welcome back. On today's episode, I'm chatting with Medina King of MK Kids Interiors. She's an interior designer in the UK, but she has a very focused niche. She works on little kids' spaces, and she even goes deeper than that and will often work with kids who have special needs, like a sensory processing disorder or autism. Medina designs the most incredible spaces, and her clients love the results. So make sure you head on over to the show notes for this episode at brilliantbusinessmoms.com because you will love seeing some photos of Medina's brilliant work. Now, Medina's path to success wasn't straight up. She had a lot of struggles in her business early on, but I love the way she kept going and I love the creative ways Medina has used platforms like Pinterest to drive extra traffic and clients to her business. She has so many great content marketing ideas for you. You're going to love it. And with that in mind, if you'd like a free, brilliant marketing plan for your business, what do you know? I have one for you. Head to brilliantbusinessmoms.com forward slash marketing plan to get your hands on my 20-page guide that'll show you the five key things you have to do to pull off a brilliant marketing plan. Okay, let's dive into our chat with Medina. So today on the show, I have Medina King with me. Medina King is the founder of MK Kids Interiors. She's a children's interior designer in the UK. And Medina has a really cool focus for her business, a really cool story. She's been a listener of this podcast for several years, which I just love. And we'll also get into how I kind of recently stumbled back upon her on Instagram and why I was so touched by something she was doing over there. But we've got a a lot to touch on today. So let's just get to it. Welcome to the show, Medina. Thank you so much, Bethan. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad you're here. So Medina, can you start by telling us just a little bit more about yourself and how you decided to start your business? Okay, so I am an interior designer, as you mentioned, but since the age of 13, I had a passion for art and design. And I knew that I wanted to do something in the field of art. So one lunchtime, I think I was in we call it year nine. And I think that in high school, it's like the third year. So I went to the library and they had these big careers books. And I was like, okay, well, I need to decide what career path I'm going to take so that when I'm choosing my options for GCSEs, my exams, I can actually choose the right subject. So because I liked art, I thought, oh, let me look at what art can do and I came across fashion designer and on the the description it said you need to have an eye for detail and because I wear glasses I actually thought oh no I don't have good vision I can't apply to be a fashion designer so okay what's the next best option and I I came across interior design and I didn't know anything about interior design and I thought oh I like the sound of this I am interested in this so ever since then 13 I was choosing subjects and courses that would lead me into interior design. So my bachelor's of arts was done in interior design and I've been doing interior design since, as well as side hustles. But yes, I've been doing it since. Okay, gotcha. So then when did you decide to jump out on your own with MK Kids Interiors? Okay, so I decided to launch MK Kids Interiors in 2013. 
So I graduated in 2009 and I did some freelance work. I went back to Jamaica where I started school. So I did my my primary school education in Jamaica and I thought, oh, I really loved it then. And then I thought, okay, when I graduate, I'll go back to see what options there are. And my grandma was living there at the time. And that's who I used to live with when I was younger. So she was the foundation of like my education and my early years. So I tried to do different things and nothing really happened and then I tried to apply for the field of interior design which was really really hard and challenging to get into and when I was applying they kept on saying well you need experience and I was like but how am I going to get experience if nobody wants to give me experience but saying that I did get two work placements the first one was two weeks and the second one was like three weeks so five weeks in two different interior design companies and retail experience uh, washing pots doing lots of different things just to to make a living and my second to final job was in retail I was so bored I was in a furniture shop and it was a high-end furniture shop I was so bored and I started writing my elevator pitch on the shop floor and practicing with all my colleagues and they were just rolling their eyes at me and bored of me just going on and on and on about this business I was actually calling people on the shop floor running off to the toilet to answer calls and to return it was was actually crazy and because I, I was telling everyone about what I wanted to do I eventually wrote a design proposal for the store for them to introduce interior design and it got the attention of the store manager as well as the manager director of the company who actually came and had a meeting with me but then they wanted me to do full-time and work on weekends and I was like uh that's not what I'm proposing I don't want to work Saturdays but I'm happy to work on Sundays and then they were like okay well we'll get some programs and we'll put some things into place and blah blah blah, and we'll give it a trial So in the meantime, I was actually just trying to get clients to be interested in this interior design service that wasn't official, but it was in my head. And so one of my colleagues actually referred this lady to me who was interested in buying a sofa, but she needed an interior designer to help her. So um, my manager knew, the manager of my department knew, and he allowed me to go to that, to meet with her, to do a consultation. And then I actually did the work. So I did the drawings and yeah, mostly the drawings outside of work hours so I did it in my own time and because I didn't have the computer programs or anything I had to just hand draw everything I did that I did the presentation she absolutely loved it and because she was an older lady she had an appreciation for hand drawings so she was like this is really good this is brilliant and through that she actually brought the sofa she ended up buying the the shelving unit that I proposed and uh, some months later after I left that company she contacted me again to say that she's ready to buy another piece of furniture can I come with her so you know I had like a client that was my first interior design client through that company the furniture company that I was working with but that's really how the hustle started and then when I left that company I left to focus more on my business and to do night shifts so I do the business in the daytime and then I'll do night shifts at night and even while I was on night shifts it got to a point where it was really quiet so I'd just take my laptop in and I'll be working away on the business doing blogs tweeting 
doing anything that I could just for the business. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> so when you say night shifts, where were you working that you were doing those night shifts? So I was working at a hostel, a probation hostel with high risk offenders. So, oh, wow. Um, I, I wasn't a mum then. So at this time when I was starting the business, I wasn't a mum. And yeah, so it was a lot easier for me to do it then. But most of the times I was just tired in the daytime and I couldn't really focus. So most of my work will be done at night. So yeah, it was high risk offenders and they were okay. I didn't come across anything too horrific. That's good. <laughs> I'm glad you stayed <laughs> safe and <laughs> you're still here to talk with all of us. <laughs> so it sounds like your design business kind of evolved over time because at first you were just serving customers of the store where you worked mm -hmm. and kind of recommending design ideas to them. Yeah. And then how did you kind of shift into focusing on just on kid spaces? So I wanted to find a niche or as you Americans say, niche. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to find a niche and I went to a, a few business seminars. And at that time I was, I was toying with the idea of offering a creative consultation. At the time it was called a creative consultation. And that's where I got children involved in the design process. So I'd get them to do like a masterpiece that would go on their wall when we've done the final room design. And so we did that with their children, which was really, really nice, really fun to do. But it made me realize that was like a trial and error. And it made me realize how much I needed to refine what I was doing. First of all, I turned up with paints and everything messy and nothing for the children to cover, no aprons, nothing for them to cover themselves with. Also, I didn't really have a brief for the children and I just allowed them to do what they wanted. And sometimes it works when you just allow them to do what they want and sometimes they just get stuck and then sometimes it just doesn't quite look right. <laughs> but I see. that's how okay. the idea of children's interiors came about because I loved colour and also nobody at the time, well, there was one person doing children's interiors that I knew of when I did the search, but nobody else was doing it at the time and I thought, oh, this could be it. In England, people prefer the monochrome or the muted look, everything quite neutral and they shy away from colour. Although saying that lately, like people are becoming more interested in colour. And because I've always had a passion for colour, I thought, oh, this, I think this would work better or suit children better than adults. And I thought, oh, I'm sure it's more fun to work with children than adults. So that's, that's why I chose children's interiors. And then it took me up to 2013 when I actually said, okay, right, this is it. It's going to be MK Kids Interiors, so Medina King kids interiors and yeah that's when I launched the website at the end of 2013. I love that I love the way you decided to niche down <laughs> if I say it in the British way and I'm looking at your website now and mm -hmm. it says specifically that you design nurseries bedrooms and playrooms for children zero to four basically but then oh I guess it says then too if they're four or older then that's when you're going to create the masterpiece together that forms the focal point of their space yes and I love that okay so one you said I love color. I don't see a lot of color around, 
but that's what I love. So I'm going to kind of tackle that space Mm -hmm. Two, working with kids. Sounds like a lot of fun, which, okay, you're a brave soul right there (laughs) (laughs) to say, okay, that sounds like fun. This was obviously before I came on my (laughs) That's true, right? What is it about, like, before you're a mom, because I was the same way, like, before I was a mom, I thought kids were so fun. Like, hanging out with my nieces and nephews was just really fun, and, like, I looked forward to it. And then once you become a parent, maybe this sounds bad to admit, but I mean, kids are still fun, but because you're surrounded by them all the time, I think it's like, oh, they're also a lot of work. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a different (laughs) perspective. But yeah, yeah, so you were brave enough to say, I want to work with kids and then add the niche down point number three, which is you help them create an art masterpiece that forms a focal point of their room. That is the coolest thing I've ever heard. Thank you. It makes them really, really proud. So in another sense, I actually get them involved by asking questions. If I have the opportunity to meet with them, ask them questions and ask them what they would like to have in their room. And sometimes parents actually just like they speak to them and they let me know what they want because it makes sense for them to be like have something that they're actually proud of and to say, oh, I chose that. Oh, I decided to have this. That is just amazing. That's really, really, really. Right. That's so neat. I mean, and why shouldn't kids have a say in their spaces, right? It's so great. Mm-hmm. And I want to say too, and hopefully we can include some of these gorgeous photos um, in the show notes, but for everyone mm-hmm. listening, you have got to check out Medina's portfolio because mm-hmm. she it is seriously incredible. You have these spaces where there's this one space where there's a slide inside mm-hmm. in this room yeah. and it is so fun <laughs> and it's bright and colorful and whimsical. There are like hot air balloons floating. It's amazing. Since we're talking about working with clients, recently I came across one of your Instagram stories and I think I've been following you for a while because Mm. oftentimes when I get a new follower, I like to go check them out and, you know, maybe comment on something or say hello. And when it's someone who is doing really interesting, cool things, then I follow them back (laughs) because my favorite thing ever is just to cheer on other brilliant business moms. You know, that's what this is all about. So I had been following you for a while and I think occasionally some of your things would come across my feed, but for whatever reason, Instagram hadn't showed me much of your content lately, but I ran across your Instagram story and you were sharing in your story about a recent client you had Mm -hmm. and how excited, I think in particular, how excited the child was for their new space. And you got really emotional talking about it. It made (laughs) you cry, which like totally touched me. And I just thought to myself, like, this is what being a brilliant business mom is all about. Like, I'm so excited for Medina. And that's really what, you know, propelled me to say, I need to get Medina on the show and to share more of her story. And so I would love to hear more about that, more about that particular client and their space and kind of what touched you so deeply about that work. Oh my days, I'm tearing up now. Oh. Just listening. It's not the best project because I've done it at a distance. And also I feel like she wasn't quite clear in terms of the direction that she wanted me to take initially. But the good thing is we were constantly in touch with each other. And so we'd run things by each other, send pictures. And there is, I remember when it came to, because initially she just said that she wanted wallpaper. <laughs> <laughs> wallpaper or a color scheme to like designing the whole room. 
So when it came to like choosing a bed, when I realized that, oh yeah, she wants me to choose a bed too. I said, I think this bed would work. It was like a teepee bed. And she saw another one and then she said, oh no, I said, oh, that's better. That bed is better. And it would be more fun because it was a bed with a slide and he could climb up. There was a rope that um, would allow him to climb up the steps. And I was like, oh, wow, yeah, this is cool. And there was also a blackboard at the side. And I strongly believe that like when you get a piece of furniture for a child's room, especially here in the UK, we don't really have very big rooms. I tend to make things or source things with multiple use. So this bed had a stepladder for him to climb up. It had a blackboard and it had a slide for him to slide down. And she said to me, oh yeah, the bed has arrived and we've put it up. And I was like, really? He was, and she was like, he, he loves the bed so much, Medina. He loves it so much. He loves his new room. And when she took the pictures, because she was trying to show me what it looks like and what we need, what they need next, he could just see him in every picture, like his head or part of him. <laughs> and he was there climbing up the bed. And it just made me cry. It made me cry because I was overwhelmed with happiness, overwhelmed with all these good feelings to know that like what I'm doing isn't in vain. And although it was hard to get here, very hard, it was a really hard hustle, a struggle, an uphill struggle. And there were many times that I wanted to just give up throwing the towel and I didn't, I couldn't. And then it's come to a point where to see the reaction of children in the spaces that I design, that's just amazing. It's fantastic. And this is what excites me and encourages me to keep going because children appreciate what I do for them. Like sometimes it's really challenging with parents, especially when you have like really anxious parents and they want everything done quickly and they don't know why this is taking too long. And <laughs> I actually had one of those clients last year and it was really draining. But when you have clients like that and then you see how the children react to the space, it like it just wipes the slate clean and it just makes you happy. And it's like, OK, yeah, so all of that hard work, all of that struggle was for this moment. And for these children who are now going to enjoy their new space. Right. And I love that you keep the children in mind every step of the way. I mean, you really have two clients that you're serving because obviously you have to make the parents happy and do things according to the, what they want. But I just love so much that you never lose sight of the kids and giving them a wonderful space that works for them. Oh, of course. Of course. It's all about the children. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Okay. And talk to me too. You mentioned um, before the interview started that you had done an Instagram live a while back where you basically explained your story and what your business was all about. And you said that doing that Instagram live actually brought some more opportunities your way. Okay, so I've been hearing about doing Instagram live videos and it's a struggle for me because when I'm working, I don't put makeup on. I'm usually in my glasses. I'm usually having my, um, my dressing gown over me <laughs> <laughs> and just really chilled because I'm behind the scenes. If I'm going out, then it's different. I dress up. I listen to lots of podcasts that would help me grow my business and I've heard that Instagram lives are really good to do and if you want to develop a following then you do that but I've not really done that but quite a few people were reaching out to me and asking me like how did I start the business what did I do they want to get into interior design how do they do it and I thought well I don't have the time to respond to people individually let me do 
an Instagram live video. So I think I posted that a few days before saying, oh, I'm going to do an Instagram live video at lunchtime on this day. And it was scary for me because I'm not used to talking to a camera, like just talking to, when I say that, like, yeah, I'm really not used to talking to the phone. (laughs) (laughs) And then my husband was there as well. And he's like my biggest critique. Like he's equal to me. Like, you know, when we critique ourselves, mm-hmm. he's like one of oh, them. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's interesting. I feel like <laughs> some of us have the opposite problem. I'm like, come on, tell me, don't just say it's great. You know, give me the feedback. No, he he's he's a hard, <laughs> hard one. Like from himself, from me, from our daughter, Eliana. And it just has to be the best, nothing but the best. And he was there. So I was slightly embarrassed that he was there, but he didn't, he didn't actually comment. He didn't actually make me feel bad. But I was talking to the camera, people were responding. And after that, people actually reached out to me. After doing that live video of sharing my story and how I started, people reached out to me. <laughs> like They were interested to hear more. I inspired people to start their business. I inspired people to continue. One woman reached out to me and she asked me to meet with her because she wants to write a blog post about my story and lots of like smaller things. And one woman reached out and she said, oh, she wants to do kids in tears and she's definitely going to go ahead now. And now we like actually liaise with, with each other, which is quite nice. I've inspired her to start and she started. So for me, that was encouraging. And then I think I have done live videos after that, but it's usually videos where I'm on site and I do like not so much sharing anything too personal, but just showing work or showing something that we're working on. But I find that when I've, I've shared a part of me, that's when like people really connect and people have reached out. So like when I shared the video last week, mm-hmm. two weeks ago, last week, when <laughs> I was crying like a baby on Instagram about a, a, a picture <laughs> that I saw and you actually reached out to me and I was so excited when I saw that message from you I actually said ah! and my husband was like are you okay he looked at me and said are you okay <laughs> and I'm like Bethan from Brilliant Business Mum reached out to me do you remember that diary that you bought for me like yeah her. like I used to listen to this podcast when I was nursing Eliana and so yeah, I got really excited. <laughs> totally excited. I love that. I mean, I was just excited for you and that your business has grown and you have these happy clients and kids and it's just wonderful. Yeah, it's amazing. It's really, really amazing. The the journey isn't always smooth getting there, but at the end the clients are usually smiling and happy and just like really satisfied with what we've done. And what's happened recently as well is the first ever client, unknown client for me, she reached back out and said that she wants me to come back to do some work for her. And I was like, wow, repeat business. So for me, that was like amazing. It was totally amazing. I didn't think that she didn't ever give me a review. She didn't say anything. (laughs) She obviously, no, she said that she liked it but no review, no follow-up, nothing. It was just like, it was quite cold, but she is quite busy. Most of the parents that I work with, they are quite busy. But then I just thought, oh, she's moved on. But she actually remembered me from 2015 and she reached out to me and said that she wants me to come back to do some work. That's wonderful. I mean, how could they forget you? The spaces that you create are very memorable. (laughs) So. 
Okay, so I would love to hear more, Medina, about how you find clients. And maybe that looked different in the beginning when you're just starting from scratch, but maybe start there. Start with how, I mean, you mentioned how you found some of those initial clients through your work at the store, but when you branched out on your own and you decided to focus on kids' spaces, how did you go about getting clients? Nice, a good question. And a friend of mine was asking me this weekend and he was like really mm -hmm. impressed with my SEO. So I, I did a course with an enterprise that helps young businesses or new businesses, um, young people in business called the Prince's Trust, run by, it's owned by Prince Charles and run by different people, but they help young people in business. So they offer different courses that would help you with your business. And one of the courses that I went on was by a guy called Danny Richmond, and he does SEO for, well, he does SEO. He's an SEO expert. I went to a few of his courses and he taught me how to do SEO and everything I learned, I literally just applied it. So I kept on, I think the fact that I have such a niche as well also helps with your ranking because if people are looking for children's interiors, I'm like one of the top on Google. When I started out, I was not on the first page. I was on like page five or something like that. But now I am on the first page of Google and it's just through blogging, through social media, things that I do. So I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and most of the things that I post, I usually hashtag the children's interiors or things that are relevant to me. And people actually find me through Google. A lot of, well, yeah, all the customers, all the clients have actually found me through Google. Oh, that is so interesting. Okay. So I love that you focused on creating great content that would help people to find you. And like you said, you have a niche, so <laughs> that helps a ton so that you're known for something. That is one thing I think new business owners really struggle with is they're scared to narrow in because they think, well, that's going to limit who my customer is. But instead, then you're known yeah. for something. Then you can be found. That's so true. That's so true. And I was actually really scared to do that. I was really scared to niche. But then I've been listening to different podcasts, as I said, and they've always recommended it. And also, because I'm so niche, I don't always get all the projects. But then I am known for children's interiors, which is great. And also if people are looking for specialists, so for example, one client contacted me and said, okay, we have a design company that we're working with, but we just want you to do the playroom because they're struggling to put ideas together. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, it's cool. Are you okay to just do the playroom? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Cause that's what we do. It doesn't mean that I can't do anything else, which I think that's what people think in their heads. They're like, oh, well, she can't do anything else, but it just means that you know, I've specialized in that. And after a while, it pays off. At first, it doesn't. At first, you're like, oh my gosh, when's the next client coming in? Oh my goodness, like, does anyone know me? Can anyone see me? Hello? But it pays off. Gotcha. And I just wanted to point out to people, I'm on your blog right now. So like, here's some examples of posts that Medina has written that can help people to find her. So she has a blog post on emphasizing comfort in children's bedrooms. And then she has expert interior design ideas for kids' rooms. And then there's how to design a hammock floor, which, whoa, this looks totally cool. <laughs> oh, that was fun. That was actually a very fun project. And that was another project where I actually saw the children's reaction. And the clients allowed me to do a video. So 
So mom and dad, mom made most of the decisions. Dad just went along with everything and he just allowed me to access the house and he worked from home. But so I was actually in contact with mom, sending her updates, pictures, asking her to make decisions. And I sent her a video of their, their reaction. And after I was like, oh, wow, I could actually put this together and, and, and show people what we do because we didn't do any design work for them apart from just designing and building that hammock floor. And they allowed me to do a video and to share it. And they actually gave me a review on Google, which was really, really nice. Oh, that's so neat. I mean, it's such a small little niche, niche, sorry. <laughs> it's such a small little niche project, but it's it's another, I mean, you got a great review out of it. And then you've got this great tutorial to show other people. And it's, again, I mean, think of how unique it is to have a hammock floor. But anyone who is searching for something like that for a kid's room, I mean, they're going to find you. Yeah, I'm hoping so. <laughs> going back to the blog post that I usually post, as you can see, I've, I've not really done a blog post in a while because I've been really busy with working on children's rooms. Mm -hmm. But what I do is blog about all the projects that I've done. So every project that I do, I will do a blog post and show pictures of what I've done and try and share some ideas and where where the idea came from and what we did so then that could help with I'm not the best blogger like there are so many other blogs that they do better blog posts but my idea is not to become a blogger but to just do interior design. Right. You're just, the content is, it's really just content marketing. It's putting out the right content that brings you the right customers. Yes. So I love that. But I think, okay, what I've noticed, which I think this is so neat, is you don't give your blog post titles super boring names that no one would ever search for. Like, cause you said, okay, you feature every project that you do, but you don't just say like the Miller home kids playroom, like that would be silly, right? Yeah. So you do like, I'm looking at one right now and the title of the blog post is six top tips on creating the perfect workspace for homeschooling and tutoring. Oh, and so yeah. like, holy cow, what a great title with so many great keywords. But then like you said, then, okay, you can still inside that blog post, like feature the work that you've done, you know, yes. a photo. Yeah, yeah. Of so your that, work. And that's another thing that I learned through listening to, to blogs. Sorry, <laughs> listening to podcasts mm -hmm. on how to, to optimize SEO. And also just in general, like I've heard it like recently that your blog post titles should actually be something that people are searching for, something that people are interested in. So if you say, if you keep it quite flowery and have something like, oh yes, the Miller's house or something so irrelevant, mm -hmm. like I don't care. Right. No <laughs> one, yeah, no one cares. They're not searching for that. And that's where too, like you have a portfolio as well. So people can just scroll through all the photos. But yeah, as far as getting found on Google, I mean, here's another example. You have how to plan and design the perfect place playroom. That is so great. Oh. And then you've got pictures of playroom spaces that you've designed and you have like, you know, your different points. I think you've got, let's see, like six different points, kind of subheaders for the post, mm -hmm. all these great pictures of the brilliant spaces that you've designed. And then of course, you know, at the end of your blog post, it says, we will be happy to help you design your playroom. Contact us. Mm -hmm. You have your phone number here, your email. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm selling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. But with your content. Oh, thank you. I'm not the best. And that's the thing. I, I wouldn't rate myself as a good salesperson. Like I don't go around shouting and saying, oh yeah, I'm the best interior designer or I do children's rooms. I'm really like shy to do that. But I'm not a shy person, but I am shy to sell myself. I don't like selling. 
but I can do that through my blog. I try to do that through like the things that I do online. Mm -hmm. People know that, look, I'm not just here to give you this information, but I'm here to help you. And that's the idea. And I think that's how, yeah, I've managed to grow, grow the business. Right. And I mean, I think too, one of the most effective sales strategies, if you will, is really sharing your story and sharing your customer stories. Mm -hmm. And you're really great at that. Thank you. Thanks. Oh, and the other thing I want to point out too, because you did mention, you said, oh, I haven't blogged that much recently. But see, the thing is, you're too, you're busy now, right? You're busy with lots of clients. Yeah. So, but it's okay because, you know, the blog posts from the past are still bringing you great Google traffic and bringing you new clients. You know, they're kind of serving you for years to come. Mm -hmm. And so, now you basically achieved your goal with that blog content, which is, okay, I've got a steady stream of clients. Yeah, yes, exactly. Oh, I never thought of it like that. And I was actually <laughs> recently that I would like my Google ranking will just drop. But saying that, I just need to say something. Pinterest is an amazing tool. And when I say amazing, it's just like you cannot have a blog without using Pinterest. So when I like my window treatments are fabulous. I I choose like really nice bright colors if the clients allow me to. And also I like to get creative and play with pom-poms. And I've done that on a few projects and the projects that I've pinned. So the first project that I did was that pink bedroom, pink nursery that had the really colorful striped blind with a pom-pom trim. And then we had the the pelmet to match and then we also had like curtains coming down but the curtains were white with colorful dots on them that image of the blind I actually pinned to Pinterest and people were contacting me after that people were contacting me about the blind where's the fabric from years later they want to know where the fabric is from and so that constantly pops up on Pinterest there's another another blind that I actually pinned of the one that I did in the playroom the with the lego lego covers and the hot air balloons again with a pom-pom trim but the fabric was really nice a blue fabric and that's pinned on Pinterest and I kid you not like every other day someone's pinned it someone's added it to this board and because they like it it's eye-catching it's unusual the fabric's unusual and also the fact that I've got like multicolored pom-poms on as a trim and that drives traffic to me there are people who have actually contacted me emailed me called me to say okay you know I want this fabric I'm interested in this fabric one of the clients that I had she saw the pom-pom rug so I do like felt ball rugs and I sell those and she saw that on Pinterest she contacted me wanting a discount for the rugs I said okay I'll give you a discount (laughs) and then she said oh but wait a minute I think I might need your services Mm -hmm. you know your design service can like can you come for a consultation and I actually got a project through that that's amazing did you feel like you had to spend a lot of time like formatting the pins and writing the perfect description or was it pretty easy no it's pretty easy like what you do on online everything that you do on different platforms it's all about using the right keywords and using things that are relevant to the pin so I think it probably was on that blog post about like playroom ideas or play designing a playroom so it was on one of those blog posts and I pinned it to Pinterest when I pin it then I'm just describing what I'm pinning so it would be like a Roman blind or a blue Roman blind with a pom-pom trim thing like that but I think the image itself just speaks 
I actually get a photographer. He's been my photographer for a while. There's only one project that I didn't work with him on to photograph, but he's quite creative in terms of the shots that he takes and the angles. And then all I do when I get the images is just put them into Photoshop and make them lighter, brighter, so that they actually stand out. People don't like, and Pinterest doesn't really like dark images. They like things to be light and bright and um, attractive. So definitely invest in photography so that you have the right images to pin. Okay, that makes sense. And, you know, in your case, hiring a professional photographer, I mean, that's basically how you're then advertising your business and, you know, bringing new clients into you. Yeah. And when I couldn't afford anything, like he, he's a friend of mine, so he did a few for free. And also he was practicing on his interiors photography. So he does portraits, but he was doing practicing with me on interiors. And now I'm like, no, you need to do all my photos. <laughs> You're quite, he's creative. I don't know what he does, but he's quite creative in terms of how he captures detail. That's very cool. So Medina, you mentioned that it took some time and some struggles to get your business to the place where it is today Mm -hmm. and that you've thought about quitting a time or two before. And I'd love to hear maybe about one of those times in particular and what made you keep going and how you decided to push through it? Wow. Okay. So there's quite a few times that I wanted to quit. Um, The first time was before things even kicked off. And it's because I, I fell pregnant. So I told you I was hustling and, and on the side and working on the business. But then when I found out that I was pregnant, I was like, oh, wow, a real baby is coming. I can't actually have this other baby anymore I to actually find money to take care of this baby. Hmm. I can't fund this. And because the doctor had put me on bed rest, I literally, I just got really, really scared. So I had a mentor at the time, again, through the Prince's Trust. And I told her, look, I don't want to continue with you because I just don't feel like I'm going to continue with the business. I'm pregnant now. And I didn't have a plan. I was just scared. I was just like, I'm pregnant. This is real. Like, I can't baby this business anymore. And then I I was really sick, so I couldn't really work on anything. So for the first four months of pregnancy, I was like, Ew. But then I, when I started to feel better, I reached out to the first client with that pink room. That's the repeat client who's just recently come back. And I said to her, I said, we met last year. I'm pregnant and I would like to complete your nursery before birth in August. She just responded straight away and got the ball rolling for the project because she was just pulling her feet before. <laughs> so I got serious. And then um, that's when it started. After that, I gave birth shortly after and the second project came through when I was feeling really low just like you give birth and you have a baby that's just so demanding that just wants your attention you don't even want to pick yourself up to have a shower and you just feel so like I actually felt that I think I was bordering postnatal depression Mm. so I that day I could remember being on the inflatable bed I slept in the room with the baby on the inflatable bed and we were there and the phone rang and I answered the phone with the baby in the background trying to distract her the client was like oh I hear that you have a little one and I was like oh yeah I do (laughs) and that was the second client so that encouraged me to keep going then it got to a point where I was like oh my gosh the projects aren't coming in enough or people are contacting me but they're not necessarily going ahead with services they're telling me that oh it's too expensive or They're going to do it elsewhere or they'll do it themselves. And I was just like, oh, what's happening? Like, 
So I wanted to give up then and it got to a point where I started nursery and she was in nursery part-time and I was working on the business part-time and we we have my husband and I we have some plans and I just felt like I wasn't able to contribute to those plans financially because I wasn't earning enough money like I'd earn money on the projects that I do but they were just so far and few like in few that by the time I made money I'd just spend it by the time the next project come around or he would have to be like topping up my account because I just don't have it to buy a pair of jeans or something. And I'm like, I am like approaching 30. I cannot live like this. Or I'm 30 odd and I can't live like this. And the last thing was I went to an interview for an interior design job. And I went reluctantly, not because I wanted to, but because my husband encouraged me to. And I thought, oh, well, it makes sense because I can't, like, it would be nice to have an income so that I can actually contribute. And then um, when I went to the interview, the guy looked at my portfolio, he looked at my CV and he was like, but wait, you, you you have a niche here, like, you have a good niche. Why do you want to give this up to come and work for me? And then I had to muffle some things together of things that I didn't really believe myself, like, oh, yeah. I'd love to work in this company. I don't even remember what I said. (laughs) My answer, I was just thinking, oh man, I really don't want to be here. I really do want to work on my business, but it's not really giving me the income that I need. And then he actually said to me, basically, you need to go home and work on your business. He sent me away to go and work on my business. He said, I'm not going to give you the job because I feel like you'll sink, but I do feel like um, what you have there is quite good to work on your business. I am spiritual and just before this interview happened or around the time, I decided to pray and fast about the whole, like, should I continue Mm. with the business? And so I did that for three days. I prayed and fasted and I asked God, like, God, what do you want me to do? Like, because I'm literally going to give up now. And by the end of the prayer and fast on the Friday, he basically gave me an opportunity. Some opportunity came through in my inbox for something for me to do. I cannot remember what it is. And I was like, okay, all right. The next day when I went to church, one of the elders said to me, oh, Medina, you're doing such a fantastic job with your business. Like, you know, I really like the things that you put out there on Facebook. Because I'm also like, I use my, my personal Facebook page to talk about my business. I don't talk about anything personal really these days apart from business because it's my life. And he was, he was encouraging me and I was like, wow, like you didn't even have to say that. <laughs> said that to me. And mm-hmm. for me, that was my confirmation. That and this guy telling me to go and work on my business, that was my confirmation from God to continue working with the business. Right. Oh, I love that. I love when, you know, it does seem like God just puts the right people in our paths and the just those little signals that say, hey, this is the direction that I'm wanting you to go in. And that's really neat. I'm I'm so glad that you didn't give up. So am I. I am too. And it was like last week, I remember my friend said, two weeks ago, a friend said to me, oh, because I was saying that, oh, I'm really busy and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And she was like, wow. So it's a good thing that that man sent you home to go and work on your business. And I was like, yeah, it really was. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's so neat. Well, Medina, this has been just wonderful chatting with you and hearing your story and celebrating your success. So as we wrap up, uh, where is the best place for people to find you online? Okay, so it's the website, my website, which is called MK 
kidsinteriors.com and um, my social media handle is also mkkidsinteriors on Twitter, on Instagram and on Facebook it's actually mkkidsinteriors. So you can find me everywhere online as MK Kids Interiors. Pinterest is slightly different. I believe it's MK Interiors, but I'll definitely give you all the links that you need for your show notes. Okay, wonderful. And thank you so much, Medina. This has been so fun. Oh, thank you, Bethan. Didn't you just love that episode? Medina is so creative with the types of blog posts that she creates to draw in her ideal customer. I love that. And her accent is super cute too, right? If you're not sure what kind of content you should be creating to draw in your ideal customer, well, that's actually something I cover inside my Brilliant Marketing Plan. It's yours free when you head to brilliantbusinessmoms.com forward slash marketing plan. And of course, now it's your turn to head out there and be brilliant.